I mean, I talk about that all the time. That's why on your date, you can't be sitting like two feet away from each other. You got to get in there and smell. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. If you have listener questions, comments about anything I talked about in a past episode, or would like to be coached privately or publicly on the podcast, please reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com, and follow us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Okay, listener question for this week came to me on Instagram. It says, Met a guy on Hinge, and we hit it off right away. Saw each other four times in just over a week. He's 38 and I'm 33 and I feel like he's moving a little fast, making plans with me, which I'm not used to. Most guys I meet ghost after a few dates, maybe because he's older. His friends know about me and asked if he wanted to bring me as his date to their wedding next month. That seems crazy. What do you think? Thanks. Okay. So my answer to this is ideally we don't want to be ghosted. We're sad when we're ghosted. We're mad when they move too fast. We have to decide at some point that we're actually getting what we want. We have a tendency, especially if you've been out in the dating world for a while, to not trust anything and to think that everything is a bad sign or a red flag. And as you know, I say look for green flags, not red flags. So if a person is excited about you on the one hand, that's what we want. That's what we're looking for. I always say if it's confusing, it's not good. So if it's not confusing, that's probably good if the person is like gung-ho about you. Four times in one week, yeah, that's kind of a lot, but it's not crazy. It's not like they were like, move in with me or let's take a road trip. I will disclose personally that on my first date with my now boyfriend, he invited me to New Year's in Mexico, which was two months later. And I think it was like kind of a slip of the tongue, but he did it anyway for whatever reason. And we did end up going. And I agreed to it in that moment, which was kind of weird. Um, So crazier things have happened. You want to pay attention to your instincts. If you feel like it's moving fast, you should be able to tell the person, you know, I'm used to things moving a lot slower. I'm not used to someone being so present. I love it so much. I really appreciate how present you are, but don't be put off if I slow things down a little bit. Don't, as soon as you're getting the thing you say you want, start flipping out about it and being like, no, 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 but people usually ghost me, so this can't be right. When a gift comes your way, you take it, you accept it. But that said, if it's scaring you or making you feel anxious, you can also trust your instincts a little bit and talk to him about it. You can be honest. You can say nothing needs to change. I'm so happy. Maybe I'm not ready to commit to going to this wedding yet. When do I need to let you know by? Or I need to know that if I commit, it's still going to be okay if for some reason this doesn't work out because we're adults. Let's be realistic. It might not work out. It might, but it might not. So is it okay if I say yes to the wedding with the understanding that if something doesn't work out, I'm not a terrible person for not going? Um, And if he's mature and he's the right guy for you or the right girl for you, this person will be able to understand. But don't freak yourself out just because something good is finally happening and you don't think it's possible. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, is it your instinct telling you this is weird or is it your fear because you've been rejected and disappointed in the past? If something good is happening to you, accept it. Worrying about it and assuming the worst is not going to make it hurt any less if it doesn't go well. So keep your wits about you, you know, like probably don't go to a remote island with someone you just met. But if someone's excited about you and you're excited about them, especially when you're in your mid-30s and you both kind of have been there, done that, know what you want, know who you are, it's not that crazy for it to move kind of quickly. Most people over that age get engaged within a year just because they kind of know themselves already and no one's trying to you know, just be casually dating forever. I mean, some people are, but that's different. So anyways, 
Trust your instincts, but don't look a gift horse in the mouth. If something good is happening, enjoy it. And have an honest conversation if you're really nervous and the right person will be able to understand that. Hello, I am so excited to be here today. I really say that every single time, but it's always true. I always have someone good in front of me. Well, most of the time. And when I don't, you'll never know. Okay, Um, I have someone here today, a little change of pace. I do like to do this from time to time, where rather than having someone who is you know, struggling in a sense or single and not wanting to be single or freshly out of a relationship, I do like to bring on what I call success stories. And that's not to say that the only way, she's laughing, the only way to have success is to be in a relationship because for some people success means getting out of a relationship and for some people success is being alone for the first time in their life and whatever. Um, But in this case, I just, I like to bring people in who are in a healthy, happy relationship and have had healthy, happy relationships. And we like to kind of, I think there's a lot of learning to be had. And like, how did you get there? What was your journey? What advice do you have? So we're not just hearing my experience all the time, which can get very repetitive. Um, so here we are. So I have Elaine Khan. Welcome, Elaine. Hello. Elaine is a poet, professional <laughs> poet. We were talking about how our two professions are like very old-timey professions that we have as people in 2019, a dating coach and a poet. <laughs> you are a successful poet. You teach poetry. You're an artist. You sketch. You wear beautiful vintage clothing. You're tall. <laughs> what else can I say? She's charming. Uh, Elaine, you are a not single. It's true. You have been with your man for how long now? Like a year and a half. Wow, really that long? That flew by. I know. Damn. You met on Tinder. We met on Tinder. And it was your first? It was not my first. It was like maybe my like third or fourth. I was not like an app dater. Like I think I'd done maybe, this was maybe also spread out over like a year that I had done like a few dates. You did a few dates over a year on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And how old are you? 37. 37. 37. And so a few things. When we were talking about you being on the show, I was like, uh, what do you think you would want to talk about? Like, what's your personal experience? I like to get all different kinds of stories. And you told me that you actually have never been broken up with and you aren't sure it's a good thing no I'm not are you a serial monogamous are you always in relationships I'm pretty much a serial monogamous like I've had before I dated Robert I was think I'd been out of a relationship for like a year and a half which is I feel like the that's long for me it's long I did the same thing before meeting my current person which is I was like I haven't been alone for a while and I need to be because I need to just like get to know myself and what I want and not just be jumping into a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship. Yeah. Do you feel like you were someone who kind of hid in relationships, like had to be in a relationship? In a way, I think that I don't mind being single, but I hate dating. Mm, Talk about it. I mean, I've always, first of all, just found dating kind of, like, stressful and, like, a little bit scary. And, like, I'm super not into casual sex. It's just, like, not something... I don't know. It's just always something I've... uh, I mean, I have, like, 
a number of experiences of sexual assault. So it's just like, it's just something that like, I don't, I mean, I actually, I do think that is part of the reason I hate dating so much. Probably. That makes sense. Yeah. You don't feel the safest meeting strangers out in the world and letting them touch you. Um, That makes sense. This is good too, because as we know, like I love dating and love to sleep around. So it's good to have someone who has the opposite feelings, but still is in a happy relationship and found success with dating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I, like, I've always, honestly, like, I wish I liked sleeping around. I feel, like, jealous of my friends <laughs> who enjoy it. But it's just, I mean, and honestly, it's not just because, like, I have, like, a history of some traumatic incidents. I just think it's not, it's not my personality. I'm actually, like, pretty shy and introverted and, like, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't really like talking to strangers very much. Like, Interesting. It, I, like, I don't know. Like, I used to. I'm a lot better now from teaching, but I was... Like, when I was younger, I would, like, actually get a stutter when speaking in public because I just had so much, I don't know, I'd get so nervous. I've always been weirdly, like, a performer, but it's really different than just, like, having casual conversations with people, which I still find challenging. Yeah, I think small talk is hard for a lot of people, especially in this day and age. We do spend so much time by ourselves and we're on our devices so much and we've kind of... I think largely lost that ability to just be present with another person without distractions or look at this gif or like this meme or whatever. But I think we've we've gotten very dependent on these outside sources of entertainment. So it can be hard for a lot of people. I'm going to call this episode the introvert's guide to dating. (laughs) So there's a few different places we could go. But let's start with you've never been broken up with. Yeah. Have you ever had your heart broken, which is a different thing? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I would say that my last relationship... I mean, first of all, I think any time a relationship ends, it's heartbreaking. Of course. Like, whether you're the person who ends it or not. And I... Granted, this is coming from the perspective of... I have only experienced it, you know, from one perspective. But there is something really depressing about having someone kind of standing there like, you know, like, I love you. I'm offering you my love. And you're like... I don't accept yeah it's that's like a very cold feeling to me and it's I think that it's yeah I think that I sort of have perceived myself at times as being kind of cold because of I've just had that experience so many times of just breaking up with people did you have boyfriends in high school actually no not really um I went to a really big public high school. I didn't really, this sounds so cheesy, but I like didn't really fit in very well. Like I had a conversation with someone I went to high school with like years later and I was sort of complaining about my experience in high school. And I was like, you know, I just feel like where was like, where was like the weird art girl sitting in the corner? And he was like, that was you. Yeah, I was just going to say, that was obviously you. <laughs> but I, like, really... I, like, but I don't want to just be that for other people. I want well, one. Well, I also just, like... Yeah, that's... I did not think of myself as being, like, cool. Like, my none of my weirdness was, like, an affectation. Mm-hmm. It was not, like... Oh, like, I'm, like, I didn't listen to, like, cool music. Like, I listened to Celtic music and, like, rollerbladed in the middle of the night. Like, I was... like a true freak yeah (laughs) and it's stuff that you know I don't regret that but no I mean I did have one boyfriend in high school he was great um but that was not till my senior year I was shy and I think I found I think I found boys pretty scary Mm. and then when did that kind of change for you like when did you become this kind of like 
always in a relationship person? Uh, when I was 19, I met my first boyfriend, and we actually... In college, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were actually housemates. I lived, when I first moved to the Bay, I lived in this duplex with 11 men. Whoa. And me. For someone who found men scary, that was a bold yeah. move. Well, the other thing I guess I should say is in high school, I would, I would like be in love with one person for mm-hmm. like two years and just like totally fixated on them. But like not like if one, if any of them had been interested in me, like I would have been horrified. <laughs> it's kind of that classic, like yeah. very immature thing. Were you a poet even then? Because that's perfect for a poet. I was because then you could just like then. use all your pining feelings to write poems and not oh, have I to did. actually deal with the R- person. Real bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. So I moved when I moved to the Bay. I lived in this house with all men, which was frankly like I think really really good for me as someone like who didn't feel that comfortable like relating to men like all of a sudden like my entire world was men how did you uh jump into that like how did you agree to that as someone who up until then had been afraid yeah well I moved I moved in originally with a friend who was a woman and it was just like we had both moved to the bay with like no real plan like just literally drove out there with a u-haul that was practically empty I think because we did we were just kind of like oh we're moving we should get a u-haul and like didn't understand (laughs) like it was very childish yeah so we had moved in there together and there at the there started out with more women there Mm -hmm. and then like she left after two weeks and then the rest of them kind of peeled off until it was just me and all these dudes and uh the my first serious boyfriend was someone who was my housemate and it was actually pretty similar initially to like my pattern in high school where like I was just like in love with him and just kind of never like it didn't really in a lot of ways like occur to me that it could work out eventually it did and we ended up dating for like three years and he wanted us to get married and it was like and then I broke up with him why um I mean you were young but yeah I mean I think that's definitely part of it he um I was I was a very late bloomer in a lot of different regards and um I had had really low self-esteem in high school and junior high as bullied pretty bad when I was young. I don't know, he'd had a really different experience than me. He was like very like classically handsome and like good at everything mm-hmm. and just life had kind of come to him easily and then he yeah, he just like kind of we dated for a long time and he was kind of just like I'm you know, we had like a joint a joint savings account when I was like 21. Whoa. Yeah. No, he was just like really adult and I was like very immature and I just think I couldn't really handle it. And I also had an inkling that I think was true that like it was important to me in my development to just like have the experience of kind of like liking myself without the support of like yeah this partner. He was, our relationship was, he was really kind of like I don't know. He was a real caretaker. It was a time in my life that I was a lot more dysfunctional than I am now. And he just kind of like did everything for me. And I loved it at first, but then after a while, it's kind of like, I, I need to take care of myself. And that's why I broke up with him. And then I assume you got a new boyfriend shortly thereafter. Yeah, like almost immediately. And you do say, so I'm assuming this happened somewhere in the timeline, but another thing you said about your history is that you used to be really into the bad boy. And then at a yeah, certain point, that was after it Robin. shifted. Yeah. Okay. After Robin, I started dating people who were more like... Bad. Yeah, more more. Because you were probably like... 
I need to make sure that I'm not just dating people who can take care of me. So let me make sure to date someone who absolutely cannot take care of me. In fact, is maybe bad for me. Yeah, I also think I was kind of like maybe trying out like my identity as an artist. And sure. like that was kind of like a cliche. I also just think though that there was, I had like a fairly tumultuous like early, early adulthood. And I think I was like just honestly pretty self-destructive at those times. Like I did things that were completely insane that I like truly can't even relate to at this point. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, I think I, I think I was pretty self-destructive. I had like had pretty serious depression issues starting when I was in like second grade. And then I think like, I don't know, like part of me was just really reckless until, until later on. I do think, I mean, I'm sure uh, at the time it didn't feel that great what you were going through. But I do think like there's a reason in my experience that people with kind of more of an artistic bend or career or point of view tend to go into the dating world a little more willing to have those adventures just because they're like, well, there's something in the artist that is drawn to interesting stories. For sure. And like interesting characters and isn't as much like I need to keep things normal and safe. It's a little more like I'm going to take a risk because that's what my whole life is taking risks as an artist, you know? No, I have always felt that kind of my like curiosity and openness have at times been liabilities because I am so willing to just be like, "Mm, well, that's not really like no one else I know is doing anything like that. But like, why not? Like, um, But I also, like, I have always resisted the idea that, like, you need to, like, suffer for your art or, like, put yourself in dark situations for your art. Like, I don't really get that because I feel like life will always, like, bring you (laughs) suffering. And uh, I don't don't really understand people who, like, seek that out um, intentionally. That's, it's never, like, I don't think I ever, like, wanted to suffer, I think. No. But I think you were up for the adventure. You were like, here's a weird thing. Like, let me investigate. Yeah, I also just do think eventually it gets to be a little bit of a pattern. And, like, that's what you know. Um, And, like, that's who you're drawn to. And that was, like, you know, I had to definitely kind of, like, ease myself out of that. And it wasn't completely natural at first to, like, I don't know. Because, like, this thing about destructive relationships is they're like extremely consuming like they're like the entire drama of your life is like right there Mm -hmm. you don't have to like really consider um much else and uh yeah I think like there was a process of like just like learning to not find healthy relationships like boring yeah totally and I think too at least for me with my kind of artistic life I have tended to make it so that my creative energy goes towards the relationship. And it's like fixing this person, working on this person, going through this drama, this roller coaster, in a way lets me off the hook from working on my own career and ambitions. And now for the first time, I would say I'm in like a very stable, healthy relationship. And I'm like, hmm. Well, I can't blame that anymore. So now I have to like actually deal with my own shit and my own ambitions or unrealized dreams or whatever it is because I can't be like, oh, sorry, I'm just like so busy handling my relationship. I also think for me, because I had this like sort of early experience where I was the one taken care of so much, like it actually felt fortifying in some ways to be the caretaker for a while. Like I was like, okay, like this shows like that I have 
my shit together because I'm able to kind of provide support for other people. But that gets really old. Gets old. And I think it's just as much of an indicator of having your shit together if you can allow someone to take care of you. And you don't want to be totally dependent on a person, but there's nothing wrong with leaning on each other and supporting each other and helping each other. And it doesn't have to be one person has the power and that's the person taking care of the other person, you know? Yeah. There's power in letting someone take care of yeah, you too. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of, you went through, I assume like a slew of not great relationships, like a All string, slew. a slew. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there are a few. And each time you would be the one to end it. So that's positive that you were able yeah. to be like, this isn't good. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an expert at just... <laughs> Talk about it. That's great. I think there's. I think it's just as important to be good at ending relationships as it is at getting I mean, into relationships. I don't know if I'm like good at it, but I am. I have described my technique to my friends as like rip the bandage off. Like, yeah, I will literally break up with people by being like, you know, I don't want to be with you anymore. Like, and there's no possibility of us ever getting back together. Like, I'm just like, I'm just. It is a hundred percent done. Don't consider, you know, don't entertain, don't, don't yearn for a, you know, a reconnection. It's, it's over. You should move on. Well, and I respect that a lot. Like I, I've always been a, I don't get back together. I don't keep sleeping with, I don't keep contact with. I'm not like, let's stay friends. I'm just like, if we weren't good in a relationship, then our time in each other's lives, at least right now is over. We don't need to drag it out and be miserable. I have, I mean, I do have some exes that I'm good friends with. But it's, that's always like a tricky thing. And that's, that's the thing that I think it can be so nice when it's possible, but it's definitely, I don't like put pressure on myself to be friends. Like I don't, if I can't be friends with an ex, I don't feel bad about myself for that. Cause I think there are people who feel like pressure to be friends yeah. with their exes. I'm like, eh, you just, you don't always like, if there's someone you've dated, like you don't always have necessarily a friendship with that person. It's not the same as like being attracted to them. Right. Well, and I think like some people, you know, they'll stay in the same friend group and that's really hard. And then they're like, I should be over this. This should be easier. And I'm like, why? You were intimate with this person. Makes total sense. It's not easy. You need to remove yourself as hard as that is because you might have to also not see those friends as much. You have to take care of yourself in those situations. And if it wasn't a good relationship, you need to give yourself the time to heal from it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the the exes I have that I'm friends with, like they weren't, they weren't like the bad relationships. Yeah. They were just sort of like relationships that didn't work out. And I think in both those situations or we do have like lots of mutual friends, which sort of does and you know it makes it like there's more incentive to try to repair those relationships mm-hmm. but it's it's you know it's always like a little bit tricky now i know that you are happy in your relationship now that's true <laughs> <laughs> but do you ever think back on all those times you broke up with people and think maybe i was a little trigger happy or like maybe i was being dramatic or maybe i ran at the first sign of trouble and I was just too young to know how to work through something. No. Right. <laughs> I mean, I always say like, no one ever says like, and then I broke up and then I never loved again. Like, yeah. I think a breakup is always a good thing. Always. And if you're still broken up, yeah. you should be. Also, the truth is usually, not always, but almost every time I've broken up with someone, like by the time I break up with them, like it's just... There's, done. it's done for yeah. me. Like there's no, like, I, I don't want to be with that person anymore. And it, cause breaking up, even though I like do it in this really direct way, it sucks. And like, it fucks up your life. And like, sure. um, it's really disruptive and painful. And 
Yeah, so usually by the time I break up with people, I'm like, if you touch me, <sighs> I'm going to like freak out. Therefore, we have to break up. Do you usually have, or have you had in the past, a lot of kind of conversations working up to the breakup of like, I'm not happy, can we work on it? Or are you kind of silently stewing and making decisions on your own? God, I feel like I can hardly remember. <laughs> and it sounds like it doesn't come out of like an explosive fight. It's more of like no, a gradual no. wearing away at the relationship. I mean, like most honestly, like what, like I like stop being attracted to people mm -hmm. if, and I don't know what exactly causes it, but that it's like, so it's not, I'm not going to say there's like no warning signs. Cause I feel like I will just kind of be like, I will definitely pull away from like being intimate with partners. And so they must know something's up. Um, I mean, with my first boyfriend that was talking about Robin, that was like, Oh God, we like talked that into the ground. Just like, negotiating and like you know can we try an open relationship like just everything and I think other times it has been a little more like you know quote unquote out of the blue although I also you know it wasn't like we went from having like a peaceful positive relationship to me breaking up right. like it's you wouldn't explode out of nowhere. no I personally have a history of getting out of relationships by getting into someone else but not not in like a clear cheating way but more of a like oh my mind is wandering therefore I'm probably done with this person yeah I mean that the way my last relationship ended I mean like there's not really re I don't know if this is like good podcast fodder mm -hmm. but uh I'm not it's not like private I mean it's like what I wrote my next book about but like the way my last relationship ended is actually I was sexually assaulted during the relationship mm -hmm. and just didn't tell anyone and that yeah so that um that's why like it's my ex actually did for a long time and consider it cheating that's crazy i mean it was he, i didn't tell him he you know he he didn't know like that's the most like sudden mm -hmm. breakup like mm -hmm. it's like we were together and then all of a sudden i was like you know breaking up with him just like and like so angry at him and we lived together, we worked together, like, we were in love, like, and I just went from, like, that to, like, you know, like, I can't believe how much time I wasted on you, just, like, truly venomous, mm -hmm. like, but it was, like, I was just, like, totally in crisis, and I mean, there was a lot, obviously, it's, like, a pretty complicated situation, but, I mean, and that's the, the situation that, like, that I feel like was as Robert would say, because me and Robert have had this conversation and he's been like, so you never had like a good old fashioned country heartbreak. Like that felt to me like, true. Yeah. I mean, it like, it felt like just very tragic. And when you say, uh, because you did say, you know, you've never been broken up with, but you're not sure that's a good thing. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I think I worried I was cold for a long time mm -hmm. because that's how I felt usually at the end of relationships, just like very cold. I don't know, like maybe there's like some ways that like pride like will influence things I do. Like, I don't know, like if I sense maybe someone's like pulling away, I'm like, you know, you take one step back, I take two steps back because uh -huh. like, I don't, I mean, and I don't know if that's exactly pride, but it is, I think I have a little bit of a neurosis about like one of the worst things I could imagine is like making someone else feel kind of like their boundaries were being transgressed or, or I guess like the way that I feel at the end of a relationship when I'm like, I don't want you to touch me. Like, please 
please like just get away from me like the idea that someone else might feel that way towards me Mm. like horrifies me to the point that i think i can actually just like react maybe like more strongly i also just feel like that just seems like such a weird pattern to have that it has made me think like do i just pick the wrong people like do i want relationships that are doomed um i don't know it's just something that has made me feel like there's something wrong with me i mean i think everyone picks the wrong people until they don't you know and like even then maybe they do you know because a relationship isn't just worthwhile or successful if it's the last relationship until you die like Mm -hmm. it still taught you something you still learned from it grew from it got something out of it hopefully had some good times in there Mm -hmm. and I think it I mean it sounds to me I'm also a pretty big breaker upper I think I got broken up with once in college Mm -hmm. and I've certainly gotten ghosted and rejected same I'm totally like it's not like it's like everyone loves me (laughs) no um yeah I've I've experienced plenty of rejection it's just like I'm the one to end relationships yeah but I think that comes from too I do think with relationships, people have a really hard time ending them and they're just like, that means I failed. That means this was a failure. Let me just wait for it to die so hard. And people maybe like me and you are just a little less patient. And we're just like, no, it's already dead. Uh, I don't need to see it like get eaten by flies. Like I need to go now and I don't want to spend more time than I've already spent for us to hate each other. Like I'd rather get out of there for the sake of both of us yeah for sure so I don't think it's necessarily something wrong with you I think there's like I remember hearing yeah no problem (laughs) I heard like a long time ago I think someone was like you can't trust someone who's never had their heart broken but like you're saying like not breaking up with someone like my heart is broken when I break up with someone for sure I am sad that it didn't go the way I wanted it to I am sad you turned out to be an asshole or you know whatever it is like this love I felt for you like is is like it didn't survive like sometimes I have this feeling like when relationships have ended that like the love you shared is like it's like a a dead person or something Mm. and like it's like weird because like you're the only two people who knew it existed but it's like but it just like is this it's almost like this being or like this body that like you created together and then it's just gone and you have to mourn that I mean it's definitely like I definitely grieve ends of relationships tremendously totally so what was the change so you had a series of not good guys bad boys yeah as you were motorcycle drive yes yeah you told me that this is a direct quote my mom reminded me recently that once she asked me who my dream guy was and i said a musician with dirty hair i actually think that has like more relevance than like it might seem because i think there was a long time that i dated people who were living the kind of life i wanted to have like Mm. i think i wanted to be like an artist and a performer and like have this kind of bohemian existence that felt out of reach to me frankly mostly because I'm a woman and it just seemed like something it wouldn't be safe for me to do or possible for me to do on a number of levels and I think once I was able to like figure out a way to have the kind of life I wanted like to be you know like I dated musicians a lot or I dated like artists a lot and now I'm like well I don't need to I don't know like I'm the artist now like Mm -hmm. that's I don't need Mm -hmm. like to I don't need like a 
a boyfriend in order to have access to that world, that feeling. Well, not also, you know, I get a lot of people who will be like, well, I do this, so I need my partner to do this. Like, I'm an adventure taker, so they have to be one. And I firmly believe that while it's nice to compliment and support each other, yeah, if you want something in your life, you should embody it yourself. But you don't need to have the exact same thing in the other person. And they're not going to transform you into the person you want to be. Yeah. Because also that's the other weird thing I'll get sometimes is people who are like not into fitness being like, well, I need someone who's healthy and fit and takes care of their body. And I'm like, well, you do it. Yeah. You do it. And then you'll attract it. But like to try and find yourself in another person that way, I think is not. It's like that expression, um, be the change you want to see in the world. But it's like, be the the partner you want to date. Yes. I think that's, I think that is something like, I don't know, that is worthwhile. It's like, no, like you should, because that's so much to do with like self-esteem and just like how you think of yourself is if if you like the person that you are, if you're able to see yourself as someone like attractive, who's doing exciting things that you would be drawn to, like it would just, it just helps you so much. Like it makes you a much, I think probably more attractive candidate, but also just like gives you more self-confidence. I don't expect my partners to like complete me or like Mm -hmm. to add like uh structure or um content to my life like Mm -hmm. my life is extremely rich and has plenty of content (laughs) (laughs) um I think that's a thing that like I identified pretty early on was just like I just want to be like the people that I I think are exciting I don't Mm want to just like try and attach myself to it through a romantic partner But now, funnily enough, you are dating someone who happens to also be a successful artist, which... He's a screenwriter. He's a screenwriter. It's still an artist. They're writers. They're screenwriters. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's it's pretty different than the kind of writing I do. Totally. But but it's like, you know... The smart kind of writing. The smart... They made the right choice a few years ago. The kind that gets paid. But you, you know, in embodying who you wanted to be and not looking to your partners to be that... It makes sense that then, of course, that would be attractive to another artist, yeah. another yeah. person yeah, who I can be, in, you guys can inspire each other and, and help we each also, other. Yeah, and we understand each other's, I think, like needs as writers. Like, I think, I don't know about all writers, but me and Robert both certainly need tons of alone time and mm-hmm. like also have like, kind of like distracted, vague work habits that like might like not, like I've gotten arguments with like people in the past where they're like, you're not working, like you're on Twitter. And I'm like, fuck you, this is my process. Wow, that sounds like the fight I have with my boyfriend because I don't really consider myself a writer. So when he's on Twitter, I'm like, I thought you were working. But it's not like, yeah, no, like you have to let your mind wander as a writer. Yeah, totally. You know, because it just does, you have to get it into that kind of like relaxed state because that's where the most interesting stuff comes from. And that's definitely something me and Robert are on the same page about and Mm -hmm. it makes... A lot of things easier. Um, Do you ever feel competitive at all, the two of you? Well, I mean, we're both extremely competitive. It's like the the most simple truth. Do you mean like competitive in our writing? Yeah, or just like... I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, it's not fair that you get paid this much oh, yeah. to do oh. what you're doing. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. No, no. Like, I'm using my brain not yeah. there too. But no, you know, no. yeah, no. I mean, I definitely there is. And Robert's like, honestly, really, like Robert will say to me, he's like, you know, you are actually like 
better at the thing you do than I am at the thing I do. Interesting. We've just like, we're in different fields. Right. I don't think that's actually true. I don't think I'm a better poet than Robert is a screenwriter. I think Robert's an incredible screenwriter, but like he is like really respectful and really openly like supportive and proud of, of, um, of the writing I do. And I do get jealous of how much money he makes. Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. But no, I don't. I don't feel like we're competitive. And I think, like you know, we. I like, frankly, as I'm sure you do too, do a lot to like support the the show. Process, the rest of yeah. it. Full disclosure: our boyfriends are writing partners on the same <laughs> show. Oh. Um, but let's go back. Let's back up to how you went from dirty hair musicians to I'm ready to date nice guys and how you kind of made that happen for yourself. I mean, it was definitely like a little bit of a like gradual progression. It wasn't like just one to the other. I feel like they were maybe like one, like sort of in between person. Like my last boyfriend before Robert was like a super nice guy, but he was like a professional poet and translator and... um he was not a jerk, but he was also someone who maybe, I don't know, just like wasn't fully grown up. I think that's part of it. Like he kind of like wanted to be a kid forever and to never have responsibilities and like to just sort of be able to like, you know, travel the world at the drop of a hat. And um, while he was, you know, a kind person, he also like, I I do am a person who actually really wants stability and... um certain kinds of like routine and like a family. And um, I think he was the person who I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is someone who's like, you know, he does, he's not like depressed. He doesn't like want to be miserable, but also what he wants is not what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, like, I think I'd been kind of dating people from the same pool of, sort of like scuzzy like dirty. <laughs> I mean a little bit like yeah just kind of like like artists sort of like devoted to like obscurity and like you know marginal uh marginal figures or like their icons and just want to be I don't know they like don't they people who like didn't seem to like um wish for just like a more healthy like a uh, stable like joyful kind of life that I really found myself wanting more and more and Robert uh, you know he is someone who I think like like you know he he wants a life that's like not like I don't want to say normal because that's not true but he, he also I think is someone who wants certain kinds of stability and like family's super important to him and that's something that I think really we have in common and he's clean. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, like, yeah, I think yeah. like there just was a thing where I just kind of became like, I can't just like live in like punk houses anymore. No. Like I just like, I just want like to be kind of an adult. And that sounds maybe weird, but it, that was like a real feeling I had of just, I just wanted to a life that was just allowed me to be healthier. I think that's the best way to say it. So was it a conscious decision to start dating differently or was it just kind of, had you ever been on the apps before? No. No. So you were like, okay, I'm single 
Yeah. I'm going to be single for a little while for the first time. Yeah. Maybe. And were you, it just naturally happened that you were like, I'm just attracted to a kind of different thing now. Yeah. Or were you like, I'm going to stop looking at dirty. I think it was a little bit conscious come to think of it. Like, I don't think I quite would have phrased it to myself that way, but I think I started like just questioning, like, you know, I didn't go on a lot of updates, but I spent like a year sort of like flirting with the idea of it and like looking at people. And I think I found myself being like, you know, my, the first person I'd be like drawn to was like someone who pretty much resembled all my Mm -hmm. ex-boyfriends. And I think I just found myself being like, maybe I should like be a little more open-minded and try and date someone who's like, doesn't look exactly like someone I've already dated. And like when I first sort of like had that idea, honestly, like Robert was like the first person I I, like went on a date with. And was your first date like, yes. Or was your first date like maybe, or was it like, no, what was, what was your general Um, takeaway from the first date? I mean, our first date was like effortless. Like it was not like it was, there was nothing like, so in that sense, it was a yes. Like we immediately had tons of stuff to talk about. Like I immediately felt like attracted to him and like like thought he was really funny and um you know weird and just did it surprise you were you like wow I can be attracted to someone who showers yeah. yes yeah no it yeah. did Great. it did Great. it totally surprised I'm me. always you know I'm I have my own agenda here which is <laughs> telling people to go outside of their usual type and to if they want their relationships to look different than they have in the past that's a conscious decision. That doesn't just happen by continuing to do the same thing. That is saying, I want something different. And I'm going to, I like what you said. You were kind of flirting with the idea for a while. You were warming yourself up to it. You were kind of asking yourself, like, could I potentially be attracted to something different than what I've done so far? And where can I kind of pinpoint that? I want someone who has family values and someone who maybe has a clean house and just very simple basic (laughs) changes but like that was you you kind of had to warm yourself up to that and then you gave it a real chance and you were open to it yeah and I mean I do I mean I feel like a lot of it was luck like you know Robert was like he truly was like the first guy I went on a date with who like was off type and we just definitely clicked right away I mean that's not to say our relationship like was, you know, it, that we, it was, I think deciding to be in a serious relationship is, can be like a little bit, you know, there were some bumps, but definitely like right away, there was just like really easy to talk to. Like I never felt, I still feel this way. Like I, he never has like annoyed me. Like I don't find him like annoying. Mm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't gross me out. These are great, <laughs> great qualifications. I don't find him annoying. He doesn't gross me out. He showers. But these are, hey, these are basic yeah. principles. I get people with a laundry list of like five, ten and above, brown eyes, brown hair, must oh. be a doctor or priest, whatever I it mean, is. I will say I Robert also is 5'10 or above and like has a, a good job. Although although he didn't when we he first didn't. met. He didn't. He was mostly unemployed, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and you were like, but okay, like I'll entertain it because you shower. Well, I mean, the thing that Robert always had is just like, he had ambitions that involved like, I don't, like he just clearly seemed like someone, like he did have a clean house and he had like a dog and he was like real close with his sisters and his nephews. Like he just seemed like, to be to, to he did seem to have similar values to me and like values that like frankly like were an upgrade from a lot of my past partners who like just wanted to like 
live in punk houses for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's obviously I'm not like in love with him just because he like doesn't <laughs> annoy me. But he's just like. But that's important. I mean, it is important. Um, we just, I don't know. We just like, you know, we just got along. Like I remember, this is so weird, um, but I've told Robert this story. Like I remember the first day we went on like, when I told him this, it horrified him so much. But, like, I remember the first time I, like, smelled his breath. Ooh. Like, and it was not not in the sense of, like, he had bad breath. But I just, like, like, we were, like, close enough that I could, like, smell what his, like, you know, the inside of his mouth smelled like. And I immediately, like, really liked it. That's pheromones. I know. I mean, I talk about that all the no. time. That's why on your date, you can't be sitting, like, two yeah. feet away from each other. You got to get in there and smell. No, and that was, like, within, like, the first like hour of our date and yeah. I was just like as soon as I like identified that I was like oh okay great like, yeah this is a real thing yeah wow that's yeah. awesome <laughs> I didn't like me you know I wasn't like trying to like get within smelling distance but it just it happened and I noticed it and it's something I actually remember my first boyfriend Robin telling me like you'll know you're not in love with me anymore when you don't like the way the inside of my mouth tastes. Whoa, Robin. <laughs> He's a really interesting person. Very interesting yeah. person. But, like, it's something that, like, weirdly kind of stuck with me. And like, But that's yeah. true. I think it's, like, you that kind of moment at the end of relationships when you're, like, this is just now just a mouth on a mouth. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's no chemical thing yeah. drawing these mouths together. Yeah. But that's why, too, you have to make out on your date so you can know if you like that thing about that person did you guys make out on your first date we did make out nice. but that, that's it I, but that's all you need you need that information it's information yeah absolutely and like i think you can tell so much just by kissing someone like not it's weird. not like you know when i say like i'm not into casual sex like i said before like i'm not hesitant to like be like physically intimate with someone it's just like i don't i don't fuck on the first day that, i think that's reasonable <laughs> i don't generally encourage but, yeah that. but like yeah just like making out with someone is especially like depending if you are a person who like me like has can have like some kinds of anxiety but just like going home with the dude like you know like we like made out against his car and yeah. it just was like you know really it was like romantic and fun and totally no pressure and can you talk because this is this is a little bit unique about your story can you talk a little bit about generally it's my belief that you know when two people want to be in a relationship together it's pretty easy there aren't a lot of questions or bumps there's not a lot of confusion there's not a lot of what do you want what do I want I generally find that two people who are on the same page things kind of click and move at the right pace but I know that you guys did have some bumps at the beginning in terms of what you wanted can you talk about that a little well, I mean, I definitely think it comes from, like, just different experiences that we both have. I'm a person who has always been in serious relationships, and just, like, that's kind of my model. Like, I'm like, oh, great, we really like each other, and, like, I, you know, that is, that's just the way I know how to relate to people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think he was, I don't want to speak for him, but, I, I mean, I, this is common knowledge. Sure. He, he was a person who, like, did, he likes dating. Robert mm-hmm. really likes dating, and uh, he... Um, I think didn't like, he just didn't have the same model for like how relationships go. And I think he had felt less, he is a person who I think takes commitments really, really, really seriously and, um, therefore does not make commitments unless he's a hundred percent sure that it's what he wants. And like, you know, he was very open with me 
like early on is kind of being like, well, like, you know, I don't know if I'm like looking for a serious relationship. And I was fine with that. Although I was also a little bit confused because I was just kind of like, really? Like, why? <laughs> but why not? Like, I don't like, why would you want to keep dating? But um, yeah, but then like, you know, it's, I didn't like, I would definitely did not like pressure him to like, you know, I was kind of like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I will say like, I have a lot of, although I am like a serial monogamous, I also have like, had a lot of unconventional relationships and like open relationships and like, um, that's something I'm like pretty down for. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like this, you know, we'll, you know, just see, we'll see like what this is. And I was also truthfully like pretty down to take things slow, Mm -hmm. which is something I now know because my friends have made fun of me for being like, I think I might have taken things really fast in the past. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, yeah. But that's not how I saw myself. But me and Robert took things slow. And then, like, you know, he just kind of, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, very long. But after, like, a couple months, he was pretty much like, you know, I want I want to ask you to, like, you know, be in, like, a serious, committed relationship with me. And I was like, I'll think about it. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Good. I mean, I think, you know, we're all, so many people are so focused on that goal of getting into a relationship that it can be really exciting to have another person just say, yes, I want, I want it with you. I want everything. And all of a sudden they're obsessed with you. But I like what you said that Robert, because he takes commitment seriously, wasn't willing to just throw words and promises around. And he was very upfront with you and you were kind of open to it. At any point, did you like give him or feel like you might need to give him an ultimatum of some kind of like I can't keep doing this if it's not going to get more serious or were you kind of like totally cool just taking it day by day no I mean I think I was pretty like I'm not saying like I would have been okay with like just you know kind of like seeing how things went forever but I think frankly I would be more likely to just cut a relationship off Mm -hmm. than like give an ultimatum that just like doesn't seem like a good way to to begin a relationship but I just weirdly for whatever reason I I honestly don't know why like I just always like really trusted him Uh, like I just from the beginning kind of like he just like seemed to me like someone who just truly did their best just Mm -hmm. like always someone who like and was not afraid to like try at things and he's a really open you know interesting strange person and like but there is like a real sense of like just yeah like willingness to to try um and like just to I mean I could tell from the beginning he really wants to do right by people it's something that just like gave me a lot of faith and I mean and to be honest like probably like it was made easier by my experience of like mostly having relationships where people like want like I had I didn't I had a lot I have a lot of confidence romantically like there's other ways I don't have a lot of confidence Mm -hmm. but like romantically I have a lot of confidence and so I was kind of like well I'm great so Mm -hmm. like yeah you know like I'm not like worried that you're like not gonna like me like if you decide that you don't want to be in a serious relationship with me like that's that's on you Mm -hmm. like I can't help you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that I mean probably helped him have the space he needed to like make a decision that didn't feel like it was pressured I don't think he ever felt like I was like you know just kind of like waiting around for him Mm -hmm. and frankly like because of you know other things we talked about like I had a lot of my own shit that I was like 
working through that I was kind of like, it is, it's fine to take this slow. Like I'm pretty, active. I was also writing a book. Like it was, it was a busy time. But I love that because you, you were able to let it go probably more slowly than you normally do. But you also weren't, because some people will be like, well, I was working on my shit and I was writing a book, so I decided not to date at all. Or like, I decided I couldn't do it then. And you were kind of like, okay, like this actually works for me to go a little slow because I am working on my own stuff and I know what it is to depend on the other person for my worth and I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I love that you also had the confidence to say, you know, if you don't want a relationship with me, that's your problem. Like, that's not about me. I think a lot of people are like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with yeah. me? They don't want a relationship. And I'm like, no, that's them. That For is whatever them. reason, like, that's just never really been, like, my mindset. And I don't know why, because I did have so many issues with self-esteem when I was super young. But, like, even when I was, like, younger and things were crazier, I was always kind of solidly myself. And that was always sort of like, well, like, this, like, I can't, like, like, I'm never going to convince anybody to be into me like I like who I am it's you know it's not for everybody but like if you like me that you know there's only one of me so it's like it's you know you can like take it or leave it and I'm not gonna be like I'm not gonna spend time trying to convince you but I think that's true it's you know you've never had self-confidence problems in the romantic area but that's great. Like, it seems like your energy... It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I, don't, I, don't, I, but I don't know why. It seems like because your energy was really focused on knowing that you're this artist and this life that you wanted and these other dreams that you had. So that meant you could kind of put the energy on that and not have it be, I'm going to prove my worth by yeah. being able to get into a relationship. And so I would say to people who are struggling with that, to figure out what else in your life could make you feel that sense of worth so that... The relationship is just the fun part. It should be the fun part. It shouldn't be the part that's going to give you your value. Yeah, I remember when I was younger and like, I remember there were times like it, in early stages of relationships when like inevitably something would happen where I'd be like waiting for someone's call or like there would be some. And I had this rule where it's like if ever like I felt like bad about it dude or I was like felt like I was waiting, like I had to do something that reminded me of like, what I liked about myself that made me feel proud of myself. And it was just like, it's so insanely effective. Like, and it just, you know, it's like, okay, I'm like stressing out, like th- wondering if this person's going to call me or not. Like I'm going to like go like record a song or like make something or like, you know, build something or work on writing. Like a, a, there's a million things I can do that not only get my mind off of it, but that like, yeah, like reinforce like the things I like about myself, which are so important to be in touch with, like especially if you're feeling concerned that someone else maybe isn't seeing those things. Like, right. I love that even if you're in a long-term relationship, oh, yeah. it can be very easy to kind of lose that sense of why this person loves you, but also why you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And to just be like, well, my identity is this relationship now. And, you know, maybe if your partner's not giving you enough or you need more attention, which happens to me a lot, um, <laughs> always need more attention. I have to be like, okay, I need to go figure out how to feel better yeah. on my own, how to yeah. feel better without that from him. We're going to close out soon, but I want to ask you, what kind of advice you would have for, say, someone who is more introverted, doesn't enjoy dating, um, maybe doesn't even have a ton of experience, but, you know, would like a partner of some kind, but maybe dreads the whole app thing and just doesn't 
is like you, doesn't I, like that I stuff. I honestly don't. I feel like my experience with apps was so, like, fluky. Maybe, but I maybe it came from you also kind of not having a ton of expectations I, mean, I don't, it. I don't, yeah, I mean, my main advice, like, I think does have to do with what we were just talking about. I think my main advice is, like, I not, like, work on your relationship with yourself, but, like, don't look for another person to, like, complete you and complete your life. Like, that's not, it's not real and it's not, like, attractive. <laughs> like, I don't, it's just, it's yeah. not. Like, when I've, I've, that's not the kind of thing that would attract me to somebody. So I guess, like, I mean, this isn't, like, specific to introverts, but... Well, and assuming you hadn't been on apps before, but you didn't have a problem meeting people because you always had some type of relationship. Yeah. So let's say people don't want to go on apps or whatever. Like, I would say also the advice you're giving is good for meeting people in real life because if you're focused on your interests and the things you like to do and surrounding yourself with people who do things that inspire you... That's also the best way to meet people rather than just like, I need to find someone. Yeah. I mean, the way that I'd always met people previously is like through, you know, through the art world, through events and stuff. So I guess like, I think like meeting someone through a shared interest, like I guess becoming part of a community, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. is a really, is a way to meet people if you're, because I think, I think like, especially if you are someone who's like kind of shy you need a fair amount of exposure to someone before you can even be comfortable enough, like, figuring out if you're attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, so much, like, if I just, like, encounter a man and it seems like he's interested in me, like, my first response would be just, like, oh, my God, I hate this. <laughs> I want to get away. <laughs> but if it's, like, someone I'm seeing out at readings over and over again, it becomes less stressful to me, like... um they kind of like are no longer like a foreign entity. <laughs> Instead, yeah. they're like something familiar. So I do think, yeah, I think like becoming a part of community where you can, where you can like interact with people sort of more than more than once. Like where it's not so much pressure put on like one exchange. It seems like something that would probably be useful. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dahlia. Thank you for coming and sharing all your stories. And, uh, you know, let us know if he starts annoying you. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I don't think so. They did just move in together, which is very exciting. Congrats. Thank you. It's beautiful. We'll do another one about, like, how (laughs) introverts can live together. Robert is not an introvert. He's not? Well, you're both writers. I guess I just assumed you're introvert. Are you kidding? Robert, like, gets high off of, like, talking to people. Okay, great. So he's the me and you're the Matt in the relationship. Yeah, Yeah. Robert's not an introvert. Well, how do two people who need their space live together is my question. Have your own bedrooms. That's crazy. You have your own bedrooms. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's the best. Do you sleep in them? We separately. Sleep, we usually sleep together. But it's nice to have your own identifiable it's space. It's a psychological thing. Yeah. It's like he can decorate his bedroom the way he wants. I decorate mine the way I want. And it's also just like, yeah. I, I mean, it's like we like laugh about it sometimes. We're like, ha, ha, ha. Like we have cracked the code. It's like, true. It's actually really smart. I mean, I got that from my sister. My sister's Polly and her mm-hmm. and her partner have two bedrooms. And I was just kind of like, this seems great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because then you have your sanctuary, and when you're hanging out with the other person, you're choosing to. Exactly. Instead of, like, we have nowhere to go. It just takes so much pressure off. Like, I don't ever get that feeling of, like, I just want to be alone. Mm. Like, I'm kind of, like, low-key, like, disassociating while, like, lying in bed with someone. Um, I Because, yeah, if I, like... And if me and Robert are together, it is because we're choosing to be together. And mm-hmm. yeah, my um, separate bedroom is my pantry. Yeah, it's full of peanut butter and chocolate. I can go in there and close the door. Yeah, that's that's really just. I mean, I don't think it needs to be a full separate bedroom, um, but I think it's good. To have I think having space. like a space that can just be yours is is really important. And it's not you know it's not something that's always possible, but we really looked for a place where that was possible and we're able to get it and I'm yeah no regrets yeah that's awesome so much good information thank you for joining me and sharing your wisdom and your beauty and this was wonderful thanks Dahlia thank you just the tip a dating tip Get a hobby, a new hobby, something you haven't done before, not as I usually recommend for the sake of meeting people at that hobby, but for the sake of giving yourself something to be passionate about and excited about and driven about other than your dating life. So something unrelated to your career, something that doesn't have to make you money, something that you don't already do and know everything about, but something new, awaken a new part of yourself. Or if you're super, super passionate about a hobby you have already, throw yourself into that even more. I love Love Elaine's tip about if you're waiting for someone to text, if you're afraid someone's ghosting you, if you're anxious about if someone likes you, if you're judging your own self-worth because the last three people you've dated haven't turned into relationships, which is totally normal, go do something that makes you feel good about yourself. Whether it's, I'm going to pick out a new recipe in this book, but even better if it can be something involving other people where there is potential to make new friends, be a part of a community, be around people, meet friends of friends, learn something new about yourself, somewhere to put your passion and excitement other than am I getting texts and calls back? Because that feels great. It's true, but it's a very quick fix. It's not lasting and it's not going to give you a stable sense of self-worth, which is kind of what you need to keep going in the world of dating. So for the sake of yourself, go get a hobby, a habit, a passion, something you're excited about, something new where you can meet new people, expose yourself to new people, give your number out there, sure, but also throw yourself into that activity whenever you start to doubt whether or not you're amazing enough to date because you are. If you are interested in coaching privately or publicly, please reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Also looking for people to come on the show, specifically would love to talk to people who are in relationships or in the beginning of relationships or having questions about your relationship. You can be totally anonymous or, you know, I just want to start attacking all different types of walks of life and romance. So please reach out to us if you're interested. If you have questions, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Elaine Kahn for joining us today and sharing her introvert wisdom about dating. She is Pure Moods on Instagram. That's Pure Moods. She's a wonderful poet. Check her out. I think she just published a book too, which I did not allow her to plug. So I should ask her about that. Um, But check her out, Pure Moods on Instagram. Thank you to Melissa Gruen, my social media producer, Josiah Thorngate, my editor, Christine Bartolucci, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast and for making dating fun. Mm -hmm.